0: I can't tell you how excited I am that we get to do something that Jesus commanded us to do. It's one of my favorite things to do. Why? Because Jesus commanded us to do it. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, Let's just jump right in. Go ahead and show that picture you accidentally showed you weren't supposed to show. (laughs) Since you've already seen it, you're probably all wondering, what was that? This is a picture from Azusa Street Revival, 1906, where the Assemblies of God denomination was born, where every Pentecostal denomination that exists in the world today was born. And um, Pastor William Seymour who had one eye, preached that revival. And the Spirit of God fell in a beautiful way. Because keep in mind, this is 1906. And look at the diversity in that picture. That's what the Spirit blesses. That's what the Spirit blesses when we all come together. Amen. All right. That's what that picture was. I was going to show it later, but since you already saw it, we were going to. I thought, man, they're, going, they're probably wondering what it is, so we'll jump right in. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. Um, so it's Pentecost Sunday. Today's Pentecost Sunday. If you didn't know that, it is. What is Pentecost Sunday? Pentecost is a Greek word meaning 50. Um, Pentecost was a Jewish feast day that was celebrated 50 days after the Passover. We now, in the Christian calendar, celebrate it. Seven Sundays after Easter. So it's been seven weeks since Easter. So it's Pentecost Sunday. So <laughs> that, the word Pentecost has come, become synonymous with people who live by the Spirit or who say they're filled with the Spirit or Pentecostal. You've heard the word term Pentecostal churches. Well, this is where it comes from. Because on the day of Pentecost... The Spirit was poured out. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to just follow my notes, and we'll, we'll all do much better. Um, but that's one of the reasons that I thought it would be so cool to baptize on Pentecost Sunday, because on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up when they say, what do we have to do to be saved? And he says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. So Peter gives that, that command on the day of Pentecost and so that's why we're getting baptized today on Pentecost Sunday. Okay, Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 we all know this is the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives this direction to 12 I'm sorry, 11 guys. 2,000 years ago, and it goes viral. Before Facebook, before Twitter, before Snapshoot, Snap, somebody help me, Snapchat, before all this nonsense, you know, something goes viral now, it's like gets a million views immediately or, you know, before any of that could happen. 12 people got a message from Jesus, and 2,000 years later, there are 2.3 billion people on this planet who call themselves Christians, who have been baptized, like Jesus told them. There's some staying power there. There's some staying power with what, with what happened back then. Because you know how it is now, things go viral. Um, you remember when the woman was on Britain's Got Talent and she sang that song and everybody, she took the world by storm and she, she had her, we're not still talking about her. I mean, I am, I just referenced her. But you hadn't thought about her in a long time, since, since before today, Right? But Jesus gives a command 2,000 years ago to 12 dudes, and we're still talking about it. We're still doing it. We're still following it. Why? Because the command was followed up with power. Because it's one thing to just tell somebody to do something. Then I can tell Hannah, hey, go to the store and get some uh, milk and some peanut butter Captain Crunch. Don't get the off-brand, I like the Captain Crunch brand, peanut butter, and a bag of marshmallows. But if I don't give her the resources to do it, if I don't give her the money to buy it, then what good is it? But Jesus gives them a command, and then he says, go to Jerusalem and wait, and then you will receive power. And you will become Witnesses, both close by and then far off to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that's us. We like to pretend Jesus was American. He wasn't. He didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. He didn't look anything like me. And I don't, I have white hair. I look more like the Revelation Jesus, <laughs> where his hair is white. <laughs> But he said, you're going to get power. And it was the power that sustained them. It's the power that made their mission possible. And it's the power that sustains you. It's the power that sustains me. It's the power that will make our mission possible. Because God has called you to do something. God has called me to do something, but without the power We're going to be, uh, hey, remember when that guy said that? Remember when he was on Britain's Got Talent? Remember? Yeah, nobody's heard of him in a while. That's what Pentecost is. What what separates Pentecostal churches today from other churches, I believe that we are all the body of God. We are all the body of Christ. We all should love and respect other churches. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but at this church, we believe... (laughs) That the same thing that happened in Acts, the second chapter, can happen today. I believe that the same spirit that fell in Acts, the second chapter, that came with wind and fire and tongues and power, I believe that that can happen today. Well, Why do you believe it? Because I've experienced it. That's why I believe it. Not because I read it in a book, but I have read it in a book. Oh, what book's that? I'd like to read it. The Bible. The book of Acts. We, can have, we have access to the same power. We have access to the same Holy Spirit. It's the same God that commissions us, and we have access. What made their mission possible was the power that the Spirit gave. Amen? Amen. Just a little, just a little rant right here. And I say this I think on every Pentecost Sunday, and Pastor Walker alluded to this last week. But the purpose of the power is to be a witness. The purpose of the power, you know, sometimes that's where we get mixed up with what the purpose of the power is. Do you know that 95 studies have been have been done that 95% of four by four owners never used four x four? They have all this power to go off-road, and they never use it as it was intended. 95%. Think about that next time you go to buy a car, and you're like, oh, man, but I really want the 4 by 4 Now, last year in Missouri, you could have used it. But 95% of the power is untapped and unused, and that's how we are with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to conjure him up and use him in ways that he's not meant to be used. He's meant the power is for a witness. To be a witness to others. Well, what's that mean? Okay, when you go to Walmart, to be nice to the person waiting on you. When you go to the restaurant, and they bring your steak out, and it's, I ordered this medium, and it's got no pink. I'm not saying you have to take something you didn't order, but you be nice about it. After all, Jesus resides in you, and you are to be a witness to them. What if that encounter with you is what God wants to use to bring them to salvation? And all you care about is how I ordered my steak, and it's ruined. The power is to be a witness, the power is things will accompany the power. Power will accompany the power. Uh, Tongues will accompany the power. Prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit will accompany the power. But the purpose of those is to witness to others. We have to be a witness to others. If you're going to a restaurant after church and you're being mean to the waitress and not leaving her tip and writing her a nasty note on there, don't tell anybody you go to this church. I'm not kidding. If you go to Walmart and yell at people, and, or Target, I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on Walmart, or McDonald's. and The purpose of the power is to be a witness to people. It's to witness that joy that's in you. <laughs> Let them see the joy. Okay, I don't know why I felt like I needed to rant on that for a minute. The purpose of the power is to be a witness. We get it mixed up sometimes. We think the purpose of the power is to do Jericho marches or the purpose of the power is to, um, you know, try to knock people over when we pray for them. The purpose of the power is to be a witness. If somebody falls over when you pray for them and the Holy Spirit touches them, that's fine. But the purpose of the power is to be a witness. Okay. <clears throat> Boy, I got so, so sidetracked from my notes. I apologize. And I promised that I was going to go short today because we got a baptismal service and I don't want everybody looking at their watch the whole time during that. Because as my uncle Jonathan says when he preaches, you know, everybody's trying to beat the Baptists to the buffets (laughs) on Sundays. And most people, I learned this at a A conference walker and I learned this at a conference we went to. Most people, before they walk into a church, they've already decided how much time they're giving the pastor. Before they walk in, they've already decided, okay, if pastor starts going a little long, guys, we're doing the trickle-out effect. We're going to go one at a time, and we're going to walk out backwards. So he thinks we're coming in. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. Pentecost is the church's birthday. Happy birthday, church! But Pentecost is not something that we just look back on. Pentecost is something that's happening to us and can happen just like it did then. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, John baptized you with water, but here in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And that's what we believe can happen. It's the birthday of the church, but it's not just something we look back on as, oh, that's when the church began. Wasn't that cool how God poured out His Spirit? And then, no, God's going to pour out His Spirit on you now. But it's the birthday of the church. It's the day that we celebrate the explosion of the church. The church grew exponentially on the day of Pentecost. You read Acts, the second chapter, read Peter's sermon. He gets up. It's a really good sermon. And then 3,000 people get saved. In one day, the church goes from 120 to 3,120 And then there's another, uh, just a few chapters later, um, Peter and John are walking to to the temple, and there's a guy that's there that's wanting money, and they're like, look, we don't have any money, but here's what we got. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And then that opens the door for them to preach again, and 5,000 are added. So just in a few months, the church is just exploding. But there were only 120 in the upper room we were on Easter Sunday. I was t- talking to Pastor Walker. We had 119 in service on Easter 20. We were one away from the upper room. So if you miss Easter last year, you better be here next year. Because <laughs> we want upper room 120. and no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so to those of you who are being baptized today, I'm going to speak for just a moment. But we all can take this. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, that 500 people saw Jesus raised from the dead. There were 500 people that saw him after he was raised from the dead, saw his, his wounds, saw him in his um, resurrected body. 380 had fallen away by the day of Pentecost. In 40 days, 380 said, All right, I'm going back to my life. So this is a warning to those who are being baptized today. Don't go back. You've decided. Now that you've decided, make up your mind that nothing will keep you from following Jesus. Make up your mind that nothing, no circumstances, no problems, no issues that arise are going to keep you from following Jesus. No matter what. I have decided. I handed out t-shirts to you. It says, I have decided. And the old song says, no turning back. There's no turning back. He who have put his hand to the plow, if he turns back, then what good is it? Once you put your hand to the plow, there's no turning back. 380 had said, well, I'm going back. Once you made up your mind... Keep going forward. Do not turn back. Uh, and that's Acts 1, 12 through 15. Let's read it. Then the apostles turned, returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew. Bartholomew. I always want to put an L in his name for some reason. James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. This group of 120 people had a perseverance. They had perseverance. And that's what this life calls for. 380, like I said, had gone back to life as usual. But these believers persevered. You will be baptized today, but tomorrow you might still have problems. You will be baptized today, and you'll be different, but the problems you go into might be the same. Persevere. Don't give up. Keep following Jesus. You've made up your mind. Today for you is a great day, but it's only a beginning. As you are baptized, as you go down in the water, as you symbolically die to yourself and then raise up into this new life with Christ, it's only the beginning, it's not an end. It's the beginning of your life with Jesus. It's the beginning. It's a day you mark and a day you celebrate and a day you look back to, but it's the beginning. It's not the end. Don't give up. Today you're baptized, tomorrow you might stub your toe or have a toothache. Don't give up. Keep following Jesus. Amen. In Philippians uh, chapter 3, Paul says this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. "...becoming like him in his death, not that I have already attained, obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me." Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the walk that we're walking. We are pressing on towards Christ Jesus. Amen? And that's what the 120 were doing. They didn't give up. They didn't give up. So that's my first word for you this morning. Don't give up. Persevere. Keep going. Acts 2, 1 through 4. I got to hurry because we want to get to the baptisms. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. I like the way the King James says it. They were all in one accord. And growing up in a Pentecostal church, we used to tell this bad joke all the time. You know, there's cars in the Bible. No, there's not. Uh-huh. They were all in one accord. <laughs> <laughs> and we just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I still do. I just told it. So, But the, the <laughs> Pentecost come. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Remember, Jesus said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I said this before, this is what separates, uh, this is what makes us Pentecostal. We believe that this can still happen. They were in one accord. The word Luke uses there is homothumadon. And it means they were with one mind together. They were with one mind together. And the Spirit came in a way that He had never, ever come. This is what it's going to take for a move of God in our day. As we've got to come together. We've got to come together like never before. It doesn't say... And they were at each other's throats. And then there came a rushing mighty wind. It doesn't say they were complaining about each other. It doesn't say they had had it with one another. It doesn't say they were done with one another. You ever said that about somebody? I'm done with them. They're dead to me. We talk like that sometimes, don't we? Well, we need to get saved. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, understand that when I say that, I mean, I'm talking about being a follower of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you can be done with somebody if you want to, but don't correlate that to being a follower of Jesus. Because Jesus washed Judas' feet the night that Judas had him killed. So if someone's planning your death... And has already taken payment for it. And you want to be like Jesus? You serve them dinner and wash their feet. Now, I'm not saying that's. I'd be happy to do that. I'm just saying if I want to be like Jesus, then that's what I'm called to. Okay, man, you know, everybody's going to be mad at me when I said that. It doesn't say they were jealous of one another. It doesn't say they were judging one another. It says that they were of one mind together. And the Spirit of God said, I can bless that. I can dwell in that. I can come fill that. I will be part of that. And the Spirit showed up in a way that he had never done before. And that's what we want, isn't it? That we want the spirit to show up and we say, God, heal our city. God, heal St. Joe. God, do a work in this city. God, do a work. We've got to come together as believers of Jesus. We've got to come together as churches, as, as church leaders, as believers in Jesus. If we want the spirit to show up and do something that he's never done before, then we have got to come together. As we are united, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead and I was going to skip this, but it's important. The spirit doesn't come where there's chaos and where there is strife and where there is hatred. You can have the spirit of uh, jealousy. You can have the spirit of judgment. You can have um, the spirit of hatred but not at the same time as you have the Holy Spirit. You can have that or you can have the Holy Spirit, but you can't have both. You can't have both. I can't sit and judge you and talk bad about you and, and gossip about you or be jealous of you or hate you or be mad at you. I can't have that spirit and the Holy Spirit. And we lie to ourselves if we think we can Okay, man, I didn't know I was going to get on this this morning. Some of y'all must have some hatred in your heart or something. Because, Lord, I know it's not for me. I'm just living right. I'm just Teasing. I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Anytime, anytime you see somebody preaching and there's, they got passion behind it, it's because God's working on them. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, not that I hate any of you, I'm just saying. The spirit does not come where there's chaos, where there is strife, where there is hatred. As we're united together, as we put aside our differences, as we love one another, as Christ loved us, serving the ones who he could have and should have been mad at. Jesus had every right to be mad. Have you ever thought that? I'm mad and I've got every right to be I'm mad at them, and I've got a right to be. And maybe you do. But again, do we want to be followers of Jesus? I mean, that's what we have to ask ourselves. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Or do you want to be somebody who said a prayer 15 years ago and thinks you got your ticket punched to heaven and so all that's taken care of? Lord, you take care of my afterlife? I'm going to go ahead and live how I want to live now. I'm going to go ahead and treat people how I want to treat people now because, Jesus, you can take care of that, but I've got this. I know how to treat people now. I know when and I should and shouldn't be upset with people now. So if we want to be followers of Jesus then even the people that we're mad at and have a right to be mad at, we have to grab a towel and a basin and become their servant. Man, I don't like that. My flesh doesn't like that. Because if I'm, if you cut me off in traffic, right, I was talking to Pat the other day, we were talking about some of the drivers that that we encounter. (laughs) You know, when I want to pull in front of you and slam on my brakes you know oh quit acting like you're all so holy I mean I, I grew up with this man trust me I, I learned from the master how to <laughs> retaliate in traffic <laughs> Oh, what was I talking about Oh, are we followers of Jesus or aren't we? Do we want to follow Jesus or don't we? Because that's what being a Christian is. And the word Christian, we talk about it all the time. It is taking on a connotation that I'm not comfortable with. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not just somebody who has a particular set of beliefs, who has a particular way of seeing the world. I don't, I, I don't care what... Don't get political, Bradley. Don't, don't, don't. I'm a follower of Jesus, and if Jesus says to feed the hungry, feed the hungry. If he says, feed the poor, feed the poor. If he says, give the thirsty something to drink. If he says, visit people in prison. If he says, welcome the stranger, then that's what we have to do. Go look up stranger, what it means in the Greek. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to get political, but you go look it up on your time. And then you'd be mad at me next week. Oh, just say it. It means immigrant. Welcome. Now, again, you can have different beliefs than me, that's fine, but I'm just talking about what Jesus said to do. Okay. Man. Okay, so remember how I said that you're mad and you can have a right to be, but you still have to serve him. That's all of you now towards me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're a follower of Jesus, there are just certain things that we have to follow, that we have to do. It's not just about putting a bumper sticker on our car. It's not just about wearing a Christian T-shirt. Are you a follower of Jesus? Jesus? Yes, I am. How did Pentecost Sunday turn into this? I remember, the Spirit blesses unity. (laughs) The Spirit will bless unity. And as we forgive those who we're upset with, if we forgive those who have different mindsets than us, if we can accept those who don't think the same way that we do, and if we can love them, grab a towel, and serve those who, who we're mad at and who we have a right to be, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you're mad at, that you're just like, man, I just... Well, guess what? God sent me today to tell you. It's time to forgive. It's time to forgive. Okay. Where was I going? Oh, yeah. So the Spirit comes... And Peter begins to preach. Now this is the same Peter again who, I mean, we see something happen to Peter in Acts the second chapter that we've not seen from Peter before. Peter has a boldness that he's not had before. Peter has an unction that he's not had before. And Peter gets up and starts preaching. And then he quotes from the prophet Joel. And this is one of the things that I love about what happens at Pentecost. Is that Peter gets up and quotes from the prophet Joel and says, I will pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters and they'll prophesy. Ladies, you get to prophesy. At Pentecost, the spirit showed up and brought equality where equality had not been. Amen? Amen brought equality to a society that did not think that way. That did not believe that way. Oh, they had visions of it in Joel's prophecy, but then the Spirit shows up and brings it. I mean, if you follow the, 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 the Pentecostal movement as, as happened, as related to Azusa Street and moving forward, it was championed by ladies who the Spirit fell upon. Ladies, the Spirit came and brought equality. And just like, you know, well, I've already started down the road, I might as well finish it. The Spirit came and brought equality on the day of Pentecost. And then, man, we've we've messed it up since. At Azusa Street, the Spirit came and showed us how to live with one another. And man came along and messed it up, said, no, no, we've got to separate again. As soon as the Spirit started to do something, the enemy came in, and we cannot let him do that anymore. Not on our watch, right? Okay. So, boy, I was going to preach quick, and I haven't. At Pentecost, the sons and the daughters both prophesy. He says, I will pour out my spirit on sons and daughters, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is not gender biased. The Holy Spirit will pour out on you. All you have to do is ask. What's James tell us? You have not because you ask not. So so Peter stands up. He preaches, gives them a sermon. It's a great sermon. He talks a lot about David and how, how Jesus is better than David and how Jesus is risen from the dead and how he will forgive their sins and how he's now at the right hand of the Father. And it says in Acts two thirty seven through 39, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And that is our hope. That from the preaching of the word, we are cut to the heart. I hope I I said something today that either offended you or cut you. Because, I mean, if we just come to church and get up and tell each other what we all think and just try to tell everybody we're all doing okay, then we're not, That's not prophesying. It's not really preaching. I hope when you leave here, you're like, man, that's something he said today. Mm, just, uh, and I hope it works on you. And I hope you research and find out if I'm telling the truth. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the other apostles, "Brothers, what shall we do?" Peter replied, "Repent, and be baptized, every one of you." And that's what we're getting ready to do here in a minute. We're going to be baptized. We're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and you are going to go down and you're going to enter into Christ's death with him. And then as you come up, you're going to enter into Christ's resurrection with him. And it's going to be transforming. These are going to be holy waters. This is holy ground this morning. What's happening is, is holy. It's a holy thing that we're doing. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, with for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So we, are, we, for, we repent, and we're baptized, and then our camera falls off the ceiling. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not what it says. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> God's good. I'm glad we can all laugh together. Pastor Walker's not laughing. He's mad. But <laughs> I'm kidding. God's good. What was I saying? You repent and you're baptized and then you ask for the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's not hard. What does Jesus say? If you're an earthly father and you do good things for your kids, how much more will your heavenly father, who's better than an earthly father, who loves you, will give you the Holy Spirit? Amen. The promise is for you and for your children and for all, and this is us, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord, our God, will call, and that's you. If you're getting baptized today, God's calling you. Oh, I thought I was just getting baptized. No, God's calling you. I thought I was just going to go down dry and come up wet. No, God is calling you. If you're getting baptized today, you're being set apart for God. Amen? Amen. God is good. God is good. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for those this morning who have decided that they are going to follow you, who have decided that they want to be a follower of Jesus, who have made up their mind, God, that they're going to pursue this life with you. God, I pray that you would bless them, make them a blessing. God, I pray that this would be a monumental time. God, a time that they can look back and a time that they can mark that that's when, uh, that's when things really took off. That's that was the springboard for my walk with Jesus. Lord, bless them this morning. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you're getting baptized today, you can.